And sometimes it's kind of, it's an interesting thing, collaboration. Sometimes it can be almost negative. Um, where, for instance, when I was writing Hey Jude, I'd, I'd pretty much written it, and I played it to John. He came around to my house, and I sort of said, uh, listen to this, you know, sort of, hey Jude, da 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 And when I got to a little bit, um, there was a bit I was going to change. It said, um, the movement you need is on your shoulder. And I'd go, hey Jude, the movement you need is on your shoulder. And I said, I'll be changing that. I, it's a bit stupid, you know, I don't know what it means. He said, you won't, you know. I said, you won't be changing. He said, that's the best line in the song. I said, but what's it mean? You know, the movement you need is on your shoulder. He said, it means something to me. And so that's collaboration. You know, even if he just stops you knocking out a thing, it becomes a very positive thing. He didn't actually write the song with me, but he just told me what to not get rid of. And he was right, looking back on it. Welcome to Paul or Nothing, the place to get all of your Paul all of the time. Join me, your host, Sam Wiles, as we discover the history, the music, and the man behind it all, Paul McCartney. To get in contact with the show, email us at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. Hello, 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 and hi, 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 and welcome to another episode of Paul or Nothing, the place to get all of your Paul all of the time, and the place where we want to make Pepperland great again. I am, of course, your host, Sam Wiles, and bloody hell... Am I recording two separate episodes in a row that are neither the third part of our Paul is Dead trilogy or now the somewhat fabled Tug of War review? Why yes, yes I am. I am recording once again, something that was not in the schedule, and thank you for noticing. Indeed, I have just woken up, I am sat here in my room in my lovely new blue dressing gown slash bathrobe, I have a pucker cup of coffee, and... And yeah, uh, this was supposed to be a rare day of podcasting reprieve for me, actually. I was actually meant to be doing nothing today before I went to work. So what could have caused me to have woken from my slumber prematurely? Well, fortunately for you, the listener, unfortunately for me, the content creator, it can only mean one thing, that there is some very, very pressing McCartney news that we must address here on the show. Seriously though, it hasn't even been 24 hours since I've released my interview with the wonderful Mr. Tom Hunyady, which, in addition to having some pretty sweet download numbers and being a great episode overall, was an opportunity for me to pontificate on the dangers of reviewing music from Egypt Station and reviewing music in general too quickly without letting the sounds and the mood sink in a little bit further, like all good McCartney songs should. And what am I referring to specifically? Well, a couple of episodes ago, before we started all of that Paul is dead distracting nonsense, I did a semi-live episode of the show with my good friend Mr Tom Quee, who you may remember from our McCartney 2 episode, and we both reviewed the double A-side, the two singles that were spoiled slash released for Macca's upcoming 17th studio album Egypt Station, those songs were Come On To Me and I Don't Know, and to say that we were a little harsh on the material would, would probably be the understatement of the year. There was quite a violent reaction to those two songs. So yeah, lesson learned there. Take my time. Like I said, I will always be one of those fans that warms to the material more over repeated listens and over a longer period of time. The songs get to burrow their way into my brain and there they shall remain. I get that. However, the unfortunate thing is that Paul McCartney has gone and done something drastic here today, people. He has, not 24 hours after our last episode, where all of those lessons were learned about reactionary reviewmanship and podcasting, well, he's gone and spoiled another song for his upcoming album. There is another song out there now, and 
If I've learned one thing about podcasting, sadly, it's that speed is the key to success, and therefore, in a rather shameless turn of events, I will be blatantly reviewing Macca's brand new song in a swift finger-on-the-pulse style of review, in pursuit of chasing views, and it's probably going to be really reactionary. Sorry, what was that, Sam? Paul McCartney has released a new song? Why, yes. Yes, he has. As you likely read above, the song is called Fur You. Fur me? Fur you, mother fur her? Yes, folks, that's fur you, as in F-U-H-U, and that's in Y-O-U, F-U-H-Y-O-U. And we will get onto what I think that title and that spelling means in a little moment. But yeah, the song is called Fur You, and Er You heard it here first, folks. Well, actually, judging by demographics and general osmosis, you probably didn't hear it here first. But you know what? Uh, it'll probably get us taken down from YouTube in the future, but let's just hear a segment of that song right now. Come on, baby, now. Let me look at you. Talk about yourself. Try to tell the truth. I could stay up half the night. Trying to crack your code. I could stay up half the night. But I'd rather hit the road. On the night that I met you, I was on the town. Though, come to think of it, in fact, I actually didn't even hear of this song anywhere at all. In fact, I was alerted to this song being released via uh, one of our dedicated fans on the Twitter, which you can join at McCartneyPod. Actually, big shout out to the Twitter user that actually went out of his way to ruin my morning and make this episode possible. He is, and those like him, you know, the lifeblood of the show. His handle is at NDLorenor2Zorro. Uh, that's a very odd name. I've, I've probably butchered that. I believe he's a I believe he's a Dutch fan. Big shout out to him. Thank you for listening and thank you for alerting me to this very interesting song release. Uh, rather ironically, in the last episode, actually, the one that I did with the hilarious Mr. Tom Honyady, he actually cited Fur You as the one song he was most interested in in listening to when we were actually going through McCartney's setlist. It was the one that he was most inquisitive about. And had we actually managed to record our episode earlier on the day that we planned, his said inquisitiveness may have actually resonated a little bit more and a little longer, but alas. Now, as far as I like to jest about my hot-headedness with brand new Macca content, I am making more of a concerted effort this time around to do justice with Fur You. So, like now in the way that I'm, I've tried to give I Don't Know and Come On To Me a fair review by approaching them on their own level and approaching the material within full knowledge of what it is, you know, which is you know, music coming from an album by an aging McCartney. And that's not saying I'm approaching Fur You in a kind of pandering way, that that's, that's, that's not meant to be a put down for Paul McCartney or anything. It's just the best way for me to frame how best to gauge one's own expectations. Again, that doesn't even necessarily mean you should lower your expectations. You should just know what kind of album Paul is going for. You should know what kind of mood and style he's going for and what kind of music he's interested in making at this point in his career. <clears throat> so just make your expectations logical and realistic. I certainly didn't do that the first time around. I don't know what I was expecting and I think maybe that lack of clarity on my part led me to being rather upset over the whole come on to me I don't know affair the first time around and whilst me going on a huge rant would be really funny and you know to slag off fur you just to you know rage for comic effect that would be great for me just in terms of making the episode it's, it just doesn't accurately reflect the appropriate tone for Macca's 17th album when reviewing Fur You, I will be meeting McCartney halfway, I'll be indulging those Macca guilty pleasures and embracing the cornier side of his songwriting. Or maybe I've learnt nothing and I'll just go off on a 10 minute ramble about how this is the nadir of McCartney's career. 
I'll see where the mood takes me. You never know. And just before we review the song, I'm going to quickly dip into some quick housekeeping. Obviously, you can help support the show on our Patreon. Patreon is a service whereby you can support a project, this project being the show. We all want to keep the show free, obviously. We have no ads. I do this show in my spare time. Maintaining the show and doing the show obviously takes a lot of time and money as well. And if you want to help support that, want to help support the show grow in a big way, in a small way, over a period of time, then you can help support us on our Patreon, the links down below. There are a couple of you out there who are already supporting the show. That's fantastic. I really appreciate that. You know, any donation at all, any contribution is more than appreciated. Like, it really touches me that some of you out there actually think the content that I make for this show is worth supporting. And, you know, one day the dream would be to do this full time. And you people out there that are already helping support me are helping make that dream come true. So, of course, you can also find our sister blog. The blog is the best place to find all content that I can't quite fit on the show. I'm, all, I'm always writing about Paul in one way or another to help keep my brain sane. And sometimes these things don't quite end up as episodes. They may end up later, but the best place to, to see them first is on the blog. I'm currently doing a trilogy, uh, just ranking all of Wing's discography. You know, we've sadly left Wings now on the show. We're doing solo McCartney stuff. And I just wanted to send the band off in the best way. I've done best album openers and closers and A-sides and B-sides. I'm going to be covering the, the final albums themselves in the last article there. And then I'm working on quite a few others after that, where we've got McCartney Conjoined songs and the 13 McCartney Commandments, which we're having a lot of fun writing as well. You can find the blog down below, which is at paulmccartneypod.wordpress.com. That's paulmccartneypod.wordpress.com. You can find us on YouTube and Facebook simply by typing in Paul McCartney Podcast or Paul or Nothing. All of our episodes are for free on YouTube. You can find them all there. And we always post all of our stuff straight away first to the Facebook page. Fastest way to get in contact with the show is through our Twitter, which is at McCartneyPod. Find the links for that down below. And for more intimate contact and to let us know your Paul McCartney stories, email us at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. And finally, of course, if you could spare five minutes of your time, log on to iTunes, find the show simply by typing in Paul McCartney Podcast or Paul or Nothing. Find us there, leave us a five-star review. Those reviews help push us up in the ratings, in the rankings. It gives the show a little bit of exposure, helps put us out to those McCartney fans. Obviously, if you know a McCartney fan who'd like this show, also share it with them as well. But yeah, it's getting to the point whereby the first person who gives us a five-star review is probably going to end up getting a fucking album review spot on this show at this point. If you've got five minutes, folks, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Let's get on with the show. For you, Egypt Station. So, the first thing I actually noticed about this song is that I seemingly cannot listen to a new Paul McCartney song without giggling in some way. And I don't mean that in a, in a, in a bad way at all. I really don't. It's just the combination of the sheer excitement and shock of a new Paul McCartney song just kind of bursts out of me uncontrollably. But that feeling soon settled as this song, just like I Don't Know and Come On To Me, is one that builds and builds and just keeps adding all these different layers and and I wonder if that's going to be the general theme and feel that we're going to get for the whole of Egypt Station, you know? As in, the reason that these songs seem to all build and build and keep moving forward, as it were, is that they're all meant to be little quote-unquote journeys that are going forward on a train and For You is one of those. It starts from point A and it ends at point B and at point A and B are two very different places. 
it feels like a journey you'd like to go on. And it's one that I went on right away after I listened to it for the first time. Not just because I had to review it, but because I was actually quite into the song. Yes, I'm actually not going to be completely a dick with this review. But all jokes aside, I will say that my reaction was nothing like my reaction to the first two songs. Yes, after my initial childish chortle, you know, <laughs> I found myself easily slipping into the grooves of Fur You, very much in the way that I would slip into the grooves of the coloured vinyl of Egypt Station when it arrives on my doorstop on September 7th or maybe September 8th with delivery, I don't know. Can't wait for that. Though it does make me wonder whether is it the fact that I'm relatively over the initial shock that was the first exposure to Egypt Station through I Don't Know and Come On To Me and the fact that I've kind of settled and gotten used to that has resulted in my more positive leanings towards Fur You. Again, I don't think that that's a bias thing. I think it's just that now I'm more relatively up to speed with what Egypt Station is all about and that I'm more well versed in what to expect and this song fits that bill perfectly. And knowing now what mode he's working in with this album, I, I just feel like I can appreciate what Fur You is going for a little bit more. Obviously, I'll start by saying that the stellar production that we saw in the last two songs is indeed present throughout all of Fur You. And again, we, we have what could be just a very simplistic Macaditti with him on piano by himself is built up very slowly and gracefully into this very multi-layered experience. The track itself starts off as this very bubbly little train ride indeed, almost like one of those little trains you have at an amusement park that, you know, you all have to kind of have your knees upon. It has this wonderfully chipper little keyboard harpsichord beginning and, you know, when I first heard it, I was thinking, okay, this is different, this is new. It's a, lo it's a little lightweight, but different. I'm glad there's some different soundscapes working here, but I was worried slightly that the whole song would just be this kind of almost Katy Perry-ish, like just boom, 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 boom. But then Macca brings that classic, uh, you know, 1985 Morse Moose and the Grey Goose, Beware My Love, grand piano that just brings that resonance with it that, you know, I feel that was needed and it makes it echo those, those classic Macca compositions in the best way. And then the song is pretty much solid from that point onwards. And to be honest, it's simply mad that a man of Paul's age can make something that feels genuinely so youthful and uplifting. Like, it's not particularly complex or anything, but it works. Like, I don't know, had a nuanced little sense of hope to it, but Fur You has this wonderfully simple message that, as far as I'm concerned, is conveyed perfectly and is adapted effortlessly into that sing-along pop bubblegum format. But what is that message, I hear you ask? Well, chances are you've either heard the song by this point anyway, or you've even made assumptions based on the title, but it's safe to say that Macca may be playing around with more adult messages this time around, and the reason why you're here today is probably because you know that I am the least family-friendly Paul McCartney podcast out there, and you know full well what my thoughts on the chorus and possible meanings of the title could be, and, well... I hope I don't disappoint, because there is quite a lot we need to chat about as quickly as we can for this brief song review. Yes, I am intending for this to be brief if I haven't been conveying that very well. Lyrically, the song itself bears many similarities to Come On To Me, in the sense that it seems to be working within the mode of an older McCartney, reminiscing his youth and allowing us to vicariously live that experience with him. But we're not experiencing the cordial courting experience this time around, the kind of post-hashtag-me-too movement of Paul kind of doing come on to me, come on to you, come on to me, come on to you, that was very back and forth, back and forth, and very respectful, if somewhat a little outmoded. But despite Fur Yu's uh, whimsical harpsichord intro and the mood that that kind of soundscape might be indicating, this song, rather uniquely, is a song that eschews any of those 
old Macca silly love song Emotions. It's unburdened from that and is instead purely about the raw animalistic attraction of romance and of sex. Whoa, yeah, you heard, yeah, this is what Paul is dealing with. But it's very reasonable to say that this is a song that Paul McCartney has never done. It's material that he has certainly never explored in this way before, at least. Usually, Macca sex references are either innocently cheeky, wittily sparse, or shrouded in apt metaphors. So, it's easy to see why people would find this a little bit more of a jarring move from Macca. You could take into account that not only has he never really done a song like this, but he's waited until 2018, when he's 717 years old, to actually release it. And, you know, now we have something actually quite interesting. Essentially, he's written what could be described as the anti-Paul McCartney song, and that alone makes it worthy of discussion. The fact that it doesn't have any of the traits that define a classic Paul McCartney song, lyrically at least, is just really cool. It's so different and interesting to see Paul take this direction with this kind of album. You'd think that with an ageing artist that he'd be regressing and maybe becoming more conservative and not pushing out more boundaries with his material and what he's talking about. But now we see that Paul is doing the exact opposite of that. He's kind of pulled the rug out from under our feet once again in that classic McCartney always doing something different fashion from back in the 70s. And he's made something that, that's actually caused a little bit of hubbub and a little bit of shock. And it's, and it's actually quite interesting and provocative, which is really cool. He's actually still provoking stuff. It's like high, high, high for the fidget spinner generation. However, the idea of Paul having anything other than a platonically romantic longing for a woman may be just too upsetting of a culture shock. But, you know, we don't particularly want to live life at that kind of pace. Uh, it, it might just be a publicity stunt, though I doubt it. Maybe Paul has just gotten to the point in his life where he is brave enough to touch on these subjects. Maybe he just doesn't give a fuck and doesn't care about the reaction at this point. Maybe he knows that it's a little bit provocative and he wants to kind of you know, bring some old wisdom onto modern issues. Or, like I said earlier, maybe it's just simply fertile new grounds of songwriting that he hasn't touched before. Either way, it has indeed somehow caused a bit of a, of a furore, by all accounts, with a few people across the pond in the States. Mostly, uh, probably due to the direct sex references in it, maybe it just might be a little bit too much again for some. But honestly, the song is pretty innocent and pretty tasteful in my regard. And I feel like it's been perfectly engineered to be that perfect balance between a little bit saucy and a little bit cheeky, but completely radio friendly and not that controversial at all. And that's the exact kind of way you want to do it. You want to push the boundary a little bit, but you don't want to take it too far. Paul doesn't say fuck, he doesn't say I want to fuck you, he just says I wanna fuck you! You know, like, you could almost say it's for you, you know, like he wants to live for someone, he could get around a band like that, but the idea of the BBC banning a song and making it go to number one doesn't exactly quite work now, I'm not sure if Paul knows that. I doubt YouTube's going to take it down. I don't think Paul and Furu is going to be as controversial as Alex Jones being deplatformed at all. Strangely though, unlike The Rocker we have discussed on this show here before, Come On To Me, a song that unfortunately strays far too heavily into the realm of a, just an old man singing a young man's song and in not kind of gelling, Furu feels lively and current and relevant for the very fact that it is a kind of inappropriate song for Paul to be singing that does have a certain kind of buzz and controversy to it. And I love that it's Paul McCartney that's releasing this song on a conventional platform. Like, it's on YouTube now as well. And then it's going to be a major release for this album. 
He's still, you know, creating public buzz even at this age, you know. He, he's still this media mogul. He knows how to stir something up. And it's a good song, you know. It's not a song that is just a controversy in itself. Perhaps a lot of this inappropriateness lends itself to feeling like it is a song that a younger Paul would be singing. Because, I mean, aside from the voice, this does sound like the song of a younger, more rebellious Paul. And the kind of song he would have tried to have written at the start of Wings or something like that, just to get a bit of buzz. It is weird, though, because the song where Paul is almost levelling out the romantic playing field, a.k.a. Come On To Me, actually feels more inappropriate for him to sing than Fur You, which is for a Macca song anyway, a testosterone-fueled pursuit of a sexually attractive woman and their animalistic sexual urges to satisfy that, you know? And a lot of that is just down to the general tone and production of Fur You. It's almost quite subversively deceptive, really, that Paul is practically playing a song on the radio with the lyrics, I want to fuck you, I just want to fuck you. He's not and he just gets away with it. It's almost like it's a meta-textual deconstruction of what all of his silly love songs came down to in the first place on a kind of reductionist, animalistic term. You know, all of his songs are about silly love and what does silly love lead to? You know, shagging and sex. It's all about procreation, life, spreading on DNA, passing it on to the next gen, you know, generation and all of that malarkey. McCartney spoke about trying to write new songs for this album and writing stuff that he hasn't done before. And I think with Fur You, he has done just that because there are all of his songs that talk about connections and souls and spirits and oneness and all of that. But here he just throws all that out the window and instead we have something much more matter-of-fact looking. And it's just this direct embrace of the human mating and courtship ritual. And Paul basically just boils the whole song down to a bloke's on a night out and he spots a girl that he likes and he just wants to fuck the shit out of her. And Paul sings about that. What a great idea. What a hilariously subversive and different take on the Paul McCartney genre. I love how this is the anti-Paul McCartney song and that it's not a terrible track. Like, just the idea alone would have would have given it a pass from me, but Fur You is ultimately very enjoyable. The chorus itself, where Paul sings, I want to fuck you, sorry, I want to fur you, I want to fur you, is the best part of the song, and I did find it very catchy from the get-go. Obviously, the cheekiness of the whole thing does have a certain appeal, and... The thought of people singing this, uh, you know, in public, singing along to this song on, on a subway or on a bus or something is, is all kinds of funny. But genuinely, I think this song does succeed in embedding itself in your head. The beat is easy, it's fun to listen to, and it has an instant likability, you know, if you're into this sort of thing. But Paul's large, uh, expansive, ginormous inbuilt fan audience is going to like this sort of thing, so a lot of people, therefore, are going to like this sort of thing. It's clear from these three songs that Egypt Station, thankfully, is going to be a collection of songs that, on one level or another, are going to be self-aware as to where McCartney is in his career, and that they'll be using that idea as a medium to approach different songs. Paul knows he's an ageing artist now, and he's writing an album as an ageing artist, which is uh, a, a very deep look and a quite open look that he hasn't really offered us before. I'm not saying it's it's, it's going to be one of those maudlin, latter period, grey cover old albums that people do before they croak it. No, this is very much a lively, alive album from a very healthy vegan man. Instead, this is just going to be an album by an old McCartney who's doing nothing more than writing classically composed Macca tunes that are fun to listen to. Paul's voice, very much the subject of debate, of course sounds great on this track. Of course it does. His, his voice always sounds great on record. It has a very queenie eye feel in the refrain with that whole crowd chanting sing-along feel. 
You know, the whole, I wanna know how it feels. That, that's very poppy. That's very modern. Um, when I mentioned last episode that there was going to be a certain song on this album that was going to get a certain amount of radio airplay, uh, it, was, it was songs like this that I was talking about. I'm not saying it definitely is going to be for you, but these type of tracks are definitely going to get some radio time. If he's consistently producing tracks like this for this album, maybe there's an even better one that he hasn't revealed yet. Obviously, there's still quite a few songs we have to go through yet. But it's clear that Paul is clearly looking for another type of Dance Tonight type track that is going to take a top 10 spot, at least in the charts. Again, it's a very easy song to listen to. The chorus itself has an instantly sing-alongable vibe. And that is all clearly by design. Paul knows how to make songs like this that are going to be appealing. And he likes to write appealing music. When I was listening to this, I could see everyone from office workers to parents driving their kids to school to the entire crowd that I'll be standing with in London in December, you know, all singing this chorus with joy and fun. This instant likability and mass market appeal is, for me, what edges for you past the, you know, both I don't know and come on to me. Because unlike those two, I feel like this one could actually have some sort of mass market appeal. Like, it's not a cod rock track with a weird concept, and it's not a maudlin, re you know, reflection on the process of ageing and being an old songwriter. This is an out-and-out -out pop song meant for the unwashed masses. You know, you know there's, there's audience appeals smothered all over this. It certainly achieves the goal of targeting that demographic with Paul's pinpoint pop music instincts. The only real negatives that I could point to in this song at all, and uh, this is probably something that I know will get under a lot of people's skins, is the over-reliance on you know cheesy rhymes and basic rhyming structures that do feel kind of restrictive. And whilst it is part of Macca's stock writing tropes, uh, it can be grating at times. Though I will say, and again this isn't pandering, but the repetitive obvious Macca rhyming um, framework was somehow, and this, this is probably just part of the execution again, worked far better in this song and felt much more appropriate for Fur You in its kind of sentimental, campy kind of pop than it did for the last two songs. So maybe on the full album we'll see Paul working with more styles, different tones, different instrumentations with this kind of mood and we'll see what comes out on the other end. We're, we're going to get a nice variety, I feel. Also that bit I mentioned earlier, the I wanna know! how it feels like that kind of you know uplifting movement was probably the only part of the song that i wasn't a particular fan of right away and the production for me did feel a, a little bit uh, kind of generically poppy i guess and it's reminiscent of soundscapes that i've heard across the charts over the last few years and it was an element of the song that didn't sound typically mccartney and to be fair you know, you did hear Mark Ronson and the other producers on New. Uh, you always do feel these producers on these Latin McCartney albums. Um, and that feeling did crop up you know, fleetingly a couple of times across this song and across the last two tracks as well. And that's because the production is just under control of some of the definitive pop music makers at the moment. So that was always going to kind of happen. Paul does recruit these people every, every time he's going to make an album every few years. And these albums do reflect the current pop scene for better or for worse, I suppose. And I kind of maybe wished that Paul wouldn't stray too far into conventional pop tropes. And he kind of does a little bit across this track in places, but it's not too egregious. It, it, does, it doesn't put me off at all. And again, it does have that guilty Macca charm that is just irresistible for me. Though, you know, what I will say, fortunately this song, like, I'm not saying it doesn't still sound as if Paul isn't at the helm, he still definitely is. There are plenty of studio wizard quirks and oddities that could have only have come from a modern day McCartney, 
And whilst I can't put my yes, finger on it specifically, there is a feeling that this is a proper Paul McCartney song. This is the first proper Paul McCartney song we've had from Egypt Station. Again, for better or worse. And now that you've heard my review of this song, the production time of this episode took far longer than I intended it to. And so uh, I've actually gotten quite a few responses from you for Fur You, and I thought I'd read those out now. And whilst later in the episode, I'm sure I'm probably going to be asking you again to tell me your, your thoughts on Fur You, that doesn't mean that you don't have to because I'm reading out some here. I still want to hear all of your thoughts on this song and on Egypt Station in general. Let's just hear a few of the responses of the people out there on the Twitter, which is at McCartney Pod. Let's hear some of those responses now. Cue the atmosphere change and jazz music, please. At Luciana and says, the song is current, is catchy, is fun. It has a wordplay worthiness of high, high, highness. I rest my case. Regular retweeter at Savoy Truffle 99 says, my favourite of the three released so far. I have had a great time laughing at all the old people. Okay, maybe they aren't all old people. Getting uptight, saying they are ashamed and it's below him. In reality, the song itself isn't anything special. The song is my favourite because it's a classic McCartney pop song with him adapting to the times. He's done a lot more of this in the 80s. And it's just a great song to get hyped up to. Once you get past the not-so-subtle meaning, it's really not just a generic pop song, but a great one. He also went on to comment the following on another post I made on the Twitter, which is at McCartneyPod, for those of you who weren't paying attention. A pretty normal Macca song. Great melody as always, double meaning lyrics, and while Paul rarely truly innovates, he's always adapting to every new style of contemporary music as always. All that's here, I really dig it, and one of my most already played iTunes songs. At Her Yelemi and at Hummingbird J both made very similar comments. They said, I love it, very commercial and instantly memorable, and then we have I love it, sounds mysterious and chant-like. Okay hand sign emoji, clapping emoji, and finally, hands in prayer emoji. At Freewheeling Bob, a chap I've been meaning to get on the show for a while now says, Worse than the other two singles, essentially a generic attempt at a 2010 style pop hit, I hate it. And finally, at ND Lorenor 2 Zorro, the lovely chap who pointed out Egypt Station and Furus released me in the first place, comments, to me, it's a 76-year-old singing a One Direction song. Not a fan of today's pop, and I don't know why he thought he needed to do that. So, it's disappointing for sure. Thank you for those insights there, folks. It's great to see that the conversation is very much alive out there in the community that we are building out there right now. And it's good to see that For You is divisive. I think that was the entire point of the track. I don't think it was ever going to be a song that was going to please everyone, very much in the same way that Egypt Station is not going to please everyone as I'm sure. Thank you for those messages, folks. Please keep sending them in to both to the email and the Twitter. Before we press on, I just want to touch on the idea of how to look at Egypt Station again. I know I wasn't looking forward to it a couple of, a couple of episodes ago. I know I wasn't looking too forward to it when, when, when it was first announced a few months ago, but I've tried to temper my expectations, you know, not to pander to you, the listeners, of course. I know some of you aren't looking forward to Egypt Station and you didn't like the first two tracks either and you, you might not like Fur You either. Obviously, if you did or didn't like Fur You, please let me know on the Twitter or email in to paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. 
Let me know what you thought of Fur You and of I Don't Know and Come On To Me as well. What, you know, are you excited for Egypt Station? I do want to you know, get this as a conversation on the show. This is exciting that we do have some new material. Because, you know, believe it or not, I do love Paul and I do want his new stuff to be good. And whilst I don't want to get too caught up in the uh, excitement whereby I'm making myself like substandard material, I will say that, you know, in terms of supremely biting and savage crit criticism, I think it would be appropriate to hold back. It's not the best mode to approach this material. These aren't the songs from Ram or from Band on the Run. These are the songs from Egypt Station. The whole thing seems to have a fairly innocent, fun and carefree kind of ride train ride feel to it and it isn't trying to light the world on fire and is instead uh, creating cute little songs that will appeal to the core inbuilt McCartney fan base and possibly get a little bit of radio time and that's fine by me you know because as I'm sure you all know I certainly have a soft spot for those not so guilty pleasure tracks like English Tea and You Gave Me The Answer and I will always lap them up no matter how sentimental, how corny, how twee they are as long as they sound like Paul, as long as they're produced well, and you know, as long as I have a little bit of fun. I think the whole of Egypt Station is going to be a fun time on the whole. How could I not be excited for that? Egypt Station track listing. The other reason I've awoken far earlier in the morning than I planned is that Fur You was not the only revelation we have had this morning concerning Egypt Station. Along with releasing the full song that we've just discussed, McCartney has also released the full track listing for his upcoming album. And wow, fuck me, there are a lot of songs on this album. A fucking total of 16. Wow, there are 16 titles here. And that makes me just wonder, you know, whether even with a full knowledge of I Don't Know, Come On To Me and Fur You, that we have an accurate re reflection of what to expect from this album at all. We've only heard 18.75% of, of this bad boy meaning that there's a lot of wiggle room for what Paul could be doing to stretch his legs in different directions. If you only heard, with a little look, Cafe on the Left Bank and Cufflink from London Town, you would not have an accurate reflection of what that album was going for. And I think we are in store for some very interesting, very exciting curveballs to come out of nowhere from these titles. Again, I'm not going to get my hopes up too much, but some of these titles are pretty tantalising indeed. We've got Opening Station, and you know, for an opening song, and for an opening song like Opening Station, you know, this is a track title that is very on the nose, and with its placement, I have a very sneaky suspicion that it's going to be some sort of spoken word intro, or something maybe akin to Venus and Mars, or the broadcast, or the lovely Linda, where it's a little aside, a little palate cleanser that's going to get us ready for the world of the album ahead, and we can expect this one to be peppy and upbeat. Then for the second slot we have I Don't Know, and it's a song we've covered already, and I don't want to run the risk of talking too much about it before the, the initial full album review and the full Egypt Station episode. But it's clear to me that this is a lovely song to set the tone for the album ahead. You know, this is a song that is going to introduce us to the older McCartney, and it's going to establish right from the outset that Paul is certainly still capable of writing these emotive, resonant ballads. Then we have Come On To Me, which will probably be the first proper rocker of the album. Yes, I know I've warmed somewhat to Come On To Me, but it's still the weakest of the three tracks that we've had revealed so far. You know, it's a cute little one that I'm looking forward to when I see him live in December with Tom, and we will probably ironically look at each other and giggle and dance along to it when it comes along. It's harmless, but I'm sure it's not going to be the standout of the album that maybe the release of it as a single indicates. Then we have Happy With You, which sounds like possibly an upbeat acoustic bop kind of track. 
I feel like it's going to be a very simple, silly love song. Then we have Who Cares, which instinctively I feel like it's going to be a song kind of like nobody knows. Like it's just going to be uh, posing modern day questions and it's one of those songs that you're going to be able to bring what you want to it. Then it's Fur You, which I will be certainly looking forward to as both a single release, if that's ever put on vinyl, as well as when I listen to it on the album. Then there's Confidante, or Confidante, the Mediterranean romance that I discussed with Tom Hanyadi on the last episode. This one, I feel like it's going to be kind of like a San Ferian type tune. And I'm always an advocate of Paul expanding with a wider palette of world music. So I'm very interested to hear Confidante. Then we have People Want Peace, which sounds like another kind of cheesy come on people type of rally tune. There's obvious turmoil in the world now. Of course, Paul would be going to write about that. And it's interesting to see how it fits into the modern context, certainly. Then there's Hand in Hand. Again, sounds like another generic love song. Always happy with that. Then we have Dominoes, which again, could be a political one. I don't know. From the title, it does sound like it could be quite the warning, you know, things falling down like Dominoes. Is it about society? Is it governments? Who knows? Then we have a song which I hope again is another example of world music creeping into this album. We have Back in Brazil. I hope the train that left from Egypt Station does dock in Brazil at some point. Paul doing some fucking Brazilian music would be very interesting indeed. I would love to hear that. Then we have Do It Now, which I feel like is going to be a rock song. It feels like it's going to be something like I've Had Enough. I don't know why. Just from the title, it feels quite simple and rough and blunt and to the point. Then, jumping forward, we have the next track, which is the tantalisingly titled Caesar Rock. Now, I'm not sure where I first read that Paul would be including a song about Trump on Egypt Station, but I know I read it, and with a title like Caesar Rock, uh, it's hard not to get excited with the possibility of that being a certainty with this song in particular. Although, that could also be Who Cares as well. It could also be People Want Peace as well, so I'm certain that Paul is going to have some sort of expression about Trump on this album, maybe even on more than one song, who knows? And whilst Paul may have worked with Kanye very recently, I doubt he'll have the same political opinions on the old Donald Trump. Then we have Despite Repeated Warnings, which for some reason sounds like a Paul McCartney song title from the 80s to me. I don't know why, if the title feels kind of clunky. It might be a piano-y type song that's going to kind of bring the album to a close. We have Station 2 as the penultimate song, and just from the use of the two like that, makes me uh, think of McCartney 2. Uh, it makes me wonder if this is going to be the experimental, techno, new wave instrumental where McCartney goes really mad because the producers for this album have talked about how Paul has really pushed the boundaries with the music in some areas. Maybe this is the song where he does that. Then to cap things off and to make it an official Paul McCartney album, we, you know, it wouldn't be a Paul McCartney album without a conjoined combined song. I'm going to have to write about this song now in the upcoming article. I'm going to have to update that now. We have the combination of Hunt You Down, Naked and Seedlink. And Seedlink, of course, has to remind you of Sea Moon as well. I wonder if that's going to be a piano song to end the album. We've also had Let It Be Naked as well. And just from how much of a wild card this album's going to be, this could be one of either the best or worst medleys in McCartney's career. We're going to have to wait and find out. But I am glad he is still working within the confines of the tropes of the Paul McCartney album format. Uh, you know, of course we've got to have a medley at the end. Of course we do. And I can't wait to hear which one out of the three is going to be the instant favourite with you lot out there. So those were the 16 
or 18 if you include naked and ceiling titles we've had from Egypt Station. Again, that's Opening Station, I Don't Know, Come On To Me, Happy With You, Who Cares, Confidante, People Want Peace, Hand In Hand, Dominoes, Back In Brazil, Do It Now, Caesar Rock, Despite Repeated Warnings, Station 2, and then the medley of Hunt You Down, Naked and Sea Link. And that is everything I wanted to cover. We've That is everything that Paul McCartney has released this morning to disrupt my day. This was meant to be my day off, but hey, what better way to be interrupted than with new Paul McCartney content? Ah, this has been a lovely little diversion for me this morning. This has been another quite semi-live review. Uh, I hope it, it wasn't as reactionary and as ill-tempered as the last one. I haven't tried to go particularly soft on Paul this episode or anything, or cow down to the ravenous Paul McCartney fan base. I did like Fur You. It was a song that I have listened to since, just for my own pleasure. It's very different from the other two. It goes in some very interesting places. I just love the fact that Paul wants to fuck you on this song. He wants to fuck someone really hard. He's, yeah, he's young and he's virile. It's a very funny contrast from the aging Macca that we've come to know and love. Uh, it's just such a curveball. It's really funny and I just love how it will offend someone out there somewhere. Of course it will, but it really shouldn't. It's really quite innocent. And that juxtaposition of, of you know, just how kind of cheeky and how innocent it is, is very fun for me uh, just to indulge in as a McCartney fan. Fur You is the sixth song on Egypt Station, Paul McCartney's upcoming 17th album that's going to be released on the 7th of September 2008, which is four days after my birthday, unfortunately, but thankfully it will be before I see him in December, so I'll be able to fully absorb the album before then. Uh, Fur You, has it made me more excited for Egypt Station? Yeah, definitely. It's shown me that the production's going to be solid throughout and that Paul's going to be experimenting with different songwriting ideas. He's pushing the boundaries in some areas. He's trying new things. And at least he's trying to still, to this day, subvert us in one way or another. Whether it's to different effects with people in the modern sphere is a different matter altogether. Obviously, I'm a massive Paul McCartney fan. I am susceptible to songs like this. Possibly other people out there don't think so, but again, like I said, the inbuilt Paul McCartney fanbase is so big anyway that it really doesn't matter. A lot of people are going to like this song. Like I said earlier, let me know what you thought of Fur You. Let me know what, what, what you think of all the song titles for Egypt Station as well. We, we've had all 16 slash 18 revealed to us now. Which one are you most excited for? Which unrevealed one would you like to hear the most? Email us at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. That's paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. I'd love to know what you all thought about Fur You and the 16 song titles we've had revealed to us today. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening, folks. This is just a quick on-the-fly one, like I say. Another episode out for you. Uh, it's purely a little bonus one on me. It's on the house. It's no problem. Thank you for listening. I hope you all enjoyed. Keep listening to Paul or nothing. Keep listening to Paul McCartney, folks. I'll be back very, very soon very nearly finished Paul is Dead Part 3 that'll be out soon and then I will I promise I'll be working on Tug of War Pipes of Peace and all of the normal Paul is Dead content um, I've got another music video episode coming up as well that'll be very fun as well as gig reviews and hopefully a couple of interviews lined up as well I'll be looking forward to that right Denny Lane should be playing us out by now already again thank you all for listening folks tune in next time for Paul or Nothing I'm Sam Wells. Peace and love, peace and love. Take it away, Jenny.